Welcome to Your Place of Growth. This is Pastor J. Ricardo Smith, and I serve as the lead pastor of Brown Chapel Baptist Church in Bishop, Georgia. And you are listening to the Place of Growth podcast, and we are now on, I believe, episode five. And so we thank God for the blessings that he's bestowed upon us and to open the door to avail this opportunity to us to minister to you through the word of God utilizing technology. I want to thank each and every one of you who has downloaded this podcast, and I want to ask that you would help partner with us in a very unique way, and that is if you are listening to this podcast on our website, if you would just share our website uh, information with someone else so that they may hear the Word of God in this unique way. And also, if you happen to be listening through a podcast platform, perhaps on Apple Podcast or on Spotify. I want to uh, announce to our listening audience that we have finally gotten out of what I've been calling uh, Apple's podcast quarantine, <laughs> where we can actually type in the Place of Growth podcast and people are able to find us without having to send the link out to people. And so we're so excited about that. Um, but I want to encourage you, if you're listening on one of those podcast platforms, um, to leave us some comments, leave us a rating so that, number one, we know how we can continue to be a blessing to you uh, during this time. You can also let others know how much of a blessing this podcast has been to you. But it also helps us with, uh, I want to say it's the algorithms or with the analytics, whatever it is that goes on behind the scenes for Apple, uh, we want to make it very easy for people to find us. And so if you would take just a few moments to do that for us, we would greatly appreciate it. We are continuing a series here in John chapter four, and that series is what we're calling a word-centered church series, where we share the four key core values of the Browns Chapel Baptist Church. I shared uh, on last week that at the Holy Spirit's prompting, we wanted to not only remind the membership of our church in this time of a pandemic, who we are, who God has called us to be, and to be, continue to be committed to what God has called us to be. But also because there are many others who may be listening to this podcast that want to know more about the Brown Chapel Baptist Church, and we want to be able to share uh, very clearly what we stand for as a ministry and what God has assigned us to do and called us to do. And so WORD is an acronym that we have shared, and that is worship, outreach, relationships, and discipleship. And in reality, it's an acronym, but it really is all-encompassing of the Word of God. And so the O, which is today's focus, is outreach. And in John chapter 4, I'm going to begin reading at verse number 1 from the New International Version. And at another time, we will share a podcast topic perhaps on the various versions of the Bible to discuss different translations, transliterations, um, and different things of that nature that will help you to be able to identify different scholarly texts versus those that are just easier to read and uh, perhaps a devotional Bible of, of sorts that you could could use. And so I'll actually be will be reading today's scripture from my devotional Bible, the New International Version of Scripture. And, Beginning in verse one of chapter four, we find these words. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees 
had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews don't associate with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? For the next few moments of our time together, I want to focus upon one particular thought that helps us see outreach and that is doing things Jesus recognizes. Doing things Jesus recognizes. The first time I heard that particular phrase was from my pastor emeritus, the pastor uh, of my of my youth and my childhood and even my adulthood, uh, and that is pastor emeritus, uh, the Reverend Dr. Winfred Martin Hope of Ebenezer Baptist Church West in Athens. Pastor Hope would always say that in the last, I would say, seven or eight years of his pastorate, he would always say to us, we need to do things that Jesus recognizes. And as I would think through what it was that he was focusing on, Dr. Hope was always trying to get us to understand that it's possible for many churches uh, to be busy doing work that is not the work that Jesus did himself, nor is it work that we can find in scripture. And so there are a few questions I want to ask us to consider as we think about outreach, as we think about the things that we busy ourselves doing. I want to ask you three questions. The first is, how much of what we do actually gives glory to God? How much of what we do is actually found in scripture? And how much of what we do actually helps somebody meet Jesus? I want to ask that again. And if you happen to rewind it, then you will hear it for four times. <laughs> how much of what we do actually gives glory to God? How much of what we do is actually found in scripture? And how much of what we do actually helps somebody meet Jesus? That is why the church that is just busy, shouldn't be busy just for the sake of being busy. The church should be busy doing the things that Jesus recognizes. If you view chapter four in light of the fact that there are no chapters in the original text, then it should be coupled with chapter three's story of Nicodemus. You see, when you look at Nicodemus's story and you look at the woman at the well story, you find two people who were polar opposites, two people 
in different situations, but both people needed Jesus. You see, the need for Jesus is a personal need for each and every one of us, but the need for Jesus is a universal need, which means that everybody everywhere needs Jesus. Don't miss that. Everybody everywhere needs Jesus. Whether they accept him or not, everybody everywhere needs Jesus, and Jesus came for everybody everywhere. That would include the marginalized. That would include the oppressed. That would include the left out in society. That would include the least of these. Jesus came so that he could meet the needs of everybody everywhere. But if you study chapter four, you'll find that the most direct and most popular route from Judea to Galilee went through Samaria. Jesus had to go through. According to this statement in John chapter four, Jesus had to pass through Samaria. That doesn't necessarily mean that divine compulsion alone moved him to choose that route. But however, most students of this passage have believed that one of the reasons Jesus took this route was that Jesus had it upon his mind to intentionally minister to the needs of the Samaritans. That's significant for us as we continue to walk through this passage and walk through outreach that even though the Jews and the Samaritans did not get along, uh, most of the Galilean Jews chose to travel through Samaria rather than taking a longer route east of the Jordan River, which uh, the Judean Jews preferred the trip to Galilee to Jerusalem via Samaria normally took three days, but Jesus had to pass through Samaria because Jesus had some business to take care of and Jesus had to model to us what outreach looks like. And I want to show it to you. The first thing is here, we find that when we reach out, when we do outreach, when we do things that Jesus recognizes, number one, we reach out regardless of gender. We reach out regardless of gender. You see, in this text, this culture considered men more important than women. It was unusual for a man to even speak to a woman. And when the disciples got back, from their visit to town to go get food, according to the text, they were even amazed that Jesus was talking to a woman, according to verse number 27 of chapter four. You see, religious conversation between two men was permissible. It was accepted. It was even great, but it was inappropriate for a man and a woman to engage in religious conversation. You see, rabbis did not talk to women in that day. But Jesus took the initiative to speak to the woman. It was unusual for even a woman to come to draw water alone and to come in the heat of the day. Perhaps this woman's morality or lack thereof immorality led her to shun the company of other women and to seek solitude at the expense of comfort. But but, but normally Jesus' disciples would have drawn the water, but Jesus himself evidently asked the woman for a drink because both she was 
drawing water and in order to initiate conversation with her. Jesus was on a mission. He had to go through Samaria because he wanted to reach out regardless of gender. He wanted to tear down the division between male and female. He wanted to let her know that she could have access to him. So Jesus reached out to her to build a relationship. What we must do is not allow gender to be a barrier to people finding Jesus. Well, only the men do this and only the women do this. Well, sometimes those are mere semantics that we get caught up in and we forget the fact that in Jesus, there's no male or female, no Jew or Gentile, no bond or free, that we must make sure that we are reaching out regardless of gender. But then also in this text, we find that when we do outreach and we want to do things that Jesus recognizes, we reach out regardless of status. We reach out regardless of status. I mentioned chapter three, giving us the story of Nicodemus coming to Jesus. Nicodemus was widely respected. He was a Pharisee, which means he would have claimed obedience to every one of God's laws. You see, the Pharisees were known for their morality and and for their concern for keeping every command, no matter how small or minuscule it was. As an example, they would drain their drinks just in case a flower and that got caught in it and they didn't want a dead gnat or dead uh, fly to make them unclean by consuming it. And this woman is the exact opposite. This woman did not keep the rules and the commands like Nicodemus. Matter of fact, we know, according to this text, that she did not fulfill one of the commands and keep one of the covenants. And that is this woman did not keep the rules because she's tried marriage numerous times and failed. And since she tried marriage numerous times and failed, she says, I'm just going to try something else. She tries cohabitation, says, see if this works because nothing else has been working for me. But Jesus, his ministry is focused on those who are unsaved. You see, too often the church, those of us who are part of the body of Christ, we can become too consumed with other people who are just like us with people who have the same spiritual status that we have. But Jesus' ministry was for the unsaved. Jesus, his ministry was for those who were spiritually sick. As a matter of fact, Luke chapter four chimes in here that helps us to see in chapter four, verse number 18, Jesus quotes an Old Testament scripture, but in the quotation of the Old Testament scripture, Jesus is clearly showing us what his ministry is by telling us in a very emphatic statement in chapter four of Luke that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim or to preach good news, the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus says, I will reach out regardless of status because I'm here to preach good news to the poor, to give good news to prisoners, to give good news to the blind and give good news to those who have been oppressed. That the ministry of Jesus is the same work that God has called us to do in the earth realm. And if we're going to be the hands and the feet of Christ in the earth, then we've got to reach out regardless of status. Put prestige away. Put uh, any pretenses away. Put any platforms that we have wanted to put ourselves on or others on and be busy doing the work that Jesus did. When we do outreach, we reach out regardless of gender. We reach out regardless of status. But thirdly, and finally, we reach out regardless of nationality. We reach out regardless of nationality. You see, if you study this text, you'll see that Jesus was a Jew. She was a Samaritan. Jesus was a Jew. She was a Samaritan. Those two groups do not get along. To further define those who are Samaritans, Samaritans were considered to be a mixed race, part Jew, part Gentile. They grew out of the Assyrian captivity of the 10 northern tribes of Israel in about 727 BC. And they were rejected by the Jews because they could not prove their genealogy. So they established their own temple and their own religious services. This only pushed their prejudices and division all the more. But if that wasn't enough, that they were part Jew, part Gentile, that they uh, were rejected by the Jews because they couldn't prove their genealogy, they were forced to establish their own temple and their own religious services. But, but also to add more fuel to the fire, some of the Pharisees prayed that no Samaritan would be raised in the resurrection. I hope y'all heard me. If you didn't, I don't mind saying it again. There were some Pharisees, the super spiritual religious crowd that prayed that no Samaritan would be raised in the resurrection. They wanted eternal damnation to even come upon the Samaritans, those who were Jews. But the text tells us that Jesus had need to go through Samaria. Jesus needed to go through because Jesus needed us to see that he was no respecter of persons. It did not matter of the nationality, what side of the tracks they, they came up on, doesn't matter of their skin color or complexion. Jesus wanted to make sure that they knew that they had access to the kingdom. And so, Brown Chapel and to guests and friends, I'm believing that in this season, God is calling us as a church that is committed to outreach, to be willing to reach out to people who do not look like us. To be willing to reach out to people who didn't grow up in the same environments that we grew up in. But that we would reach out regardless of nationality. 
I've got to close. But in closing, I want to tell you that everything that has been shared here in John chapter four and what Jesus does as a Jew himself and is ministering to this Samaritan woman, Jesus does exactly what he's instructed us to do and exactly what the scriptures have called and compelled us to do. Jesus sums it up for us in Matthew chapter number 25, verse beginning at verse number 35. And if you're not a member of our church, I think this is a good time to tell you that that's what we call our outreach ministry. We call it Mission 2535 because of this particular passage that Jesus has stressed. I want to read it to you in closing. Jesus says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of the brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me. But then he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and I was in prison and you did not look after me. And they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? And he will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go their way to eternal punishment. But the righteous to eternal life. I want to encourage us to see the importance of outreach, to feed those who are hungry, as we've done by partnering with Bigger Vision here in Athens uh, as a homeless shelter. We partner with them to serve dinners that we would help to feed the hungry and clothe the naked when our partnership with Acts and area churches together serving, serving with other churches in the Oconee County area, that we would give support to the stranger and to those who have been in prison by ministering to children at Fowler Drive and offering support and aid to that school and ministering on Saturdays at the Oconee County Jail 
because that's the work that Jesus recognizes. As a matter of fact, even in this season, I want to challenge our church to find other creative ways to still minister to the needs of our community, even during the time of social distancing, even during the time of sheltering in residence, to be creative, to find ways to still do outreach. I close with this. The moral can't be saved by their morality. They can only be saved by Jesus. But also the immoral are never too immoral to find salvation in Jesus. They just need somebody willing to reach out. Reach out regardless of gender. You don't know who God is going to use you to minister to. Reach out regardless of class. Regardless of what they have or don't have. Everyone needs access to Jesus. And reach out regardless of nationality. It doesn't matter about background. doesn't matter about black or white. doesn't matter about any other barrier that we have put in the place of the gospel. Because everybody everywhere needs Jesus. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray that we would take the ministry of outreach seriously. That we would remember the fact that you came and found us in the midst of our sins and you accepted us into your family. Help us to not have amnesia, but to reach out in the same manner that you have reached for us. Father, we want to be a church that's committed to doing outreach. We don't want to just be a church for those who are already saved, but we want to do the ministry of Jesus. Jesus says that I didn't come for those who are already here, but I came for those who are still out there. In this season, especially, help us to be mindful of those who are out there because those out there don't have the hope that we have in Jesus. So help us to evangelize, help us to share it, help us to not just do it with our words, but help us to show it with our actions, to love God, to love people, and then prove it every chance that we get. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the ability to hear it. And now, Father, we pray that your word will change lives. It's in the matchless and majestic name of Jesus the Christ that we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I thank you for spending time with us as we've focused on outreach as it pertains to the four pillars of our church, the core values of our church. We've done worship and we've done outreach. Plan to join us back in John chapter four on next Wednesday as we continue this amazing study. Also, be on the lookout in the near future for some creative uh, podcast uh, segments and some creative um, 
episodes that we're going to put together because we're excited about being able to minister to you in this platform uh, and that God would get the glory through it all. In spite of the times, God is still good. So grow through this. Don't just go through it. God bless you.